Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Well, hello, we are back again after a weekend marred by judging decisions. Um, we are back to the Eurobash duo. It's me and Noel McGrath, as always, live in your ears and in your minds. How are you, Noel McGrath? Worst intro ever. Listen, mate. Um, oh, go, man. <laughs> listen, my back is killing me from carrying you, um, but thank you anyway, all right? All thank right. You. You're welcome. You're welcome. Jesus. That's, uh, that's not a very positive manner to start the show uh, off You're on. the one criticising my fantastic intros. It's a terrible intro. I just like to get the ball rolling so we can get down to the business. All right, fair enough, fair you enough. You know, I don't like this, oh, and it's a lovely uh, windy day here in Dublin, that kind of shit. <laughs> Fuck off, nobody cares. Um, yeah, so we had great coverage all week at UFC 247, our fantastic team, Esther, Casey, Jose, Who's and Jose? Alex making our debut on camera. Fair play, Alex. Um a legend, cool Alex, as you know, in uh, our circles. Uh, we have a new government in Ireland on the way, apparently, uh, after our general election. Mad L weekend full of that. Did you vote? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did as well, yeah. It's um, it's mad. It's a mad scene, isn't it? Like, um, yeah, I'm worried about the future of our of our country. If I'm if I'm being honest, mate, I'm not not uh, not going to lie about that. Well, to be honest with you, I've never been secure about the future of our country, so it's just a different kind of dynamic. Let's see how this ball gets rolling, no, I suppose. Nothing's going to change. It never does. Apart from we might not be here anymore. <laughs> we might leave the country. But, um, yeah, a bit of a mad L weekend, all right. Um, let's get on with the latest news because we got a huge, huge list of guests again. We have the first, for the first time ever, we have an active UFC champion on the show. We have Valentina Shevchenko, fresh off her title defense against Caitlin Chukagin. Um, an absolute masterclass again. Is that, is that a first? That's the first active champion. We've had a few champions on, but never someone holding the belt. Is that true? That surprises me. I know it does, because we always have amazing guests. Yeah, I know. It's it's hard to believe, but I'm afraid it's All right, true. Okay, yeah. Just... Um, we also have Nathaniel Wood, who was taking on John Dodson. Um, after 11 months on the sideline, he's coming back and fighting the toughest assignment of his life in Rio Rancho. Um, you hear from Nathaniel later, he believes a win over... John Dodson will unlock the top 10 for him. And it's hard to argue against that after Peter Yan and guys yeah. had their careers absolutely um, leap. I don't know. How, how would you say they, they uh, I don't know, their careers took flame 
one stay bet John Dodson the but, uh, propelled propelled is the word I was definitely looking for uh, Leah McCourt will be on as well to speak about her historic main event at Bellator Dublin following the injury of James Gallagher and of course we will be joined by Ross Houston as well who last week it was revealed that he has been released by Cage Warriors and has vacated that welterweight title Reese yeah. McKee will now fight for that welterweight title on um, May 16th in Belfast even though I've gone through most of the headlines already now I should probably do it again a back injury has forced James Gallagher out of his main event bout with Kyle Eleanor. Um, what I'm hearing is that fight could be earmarked for a co-main event in uh, a Bellator London later on this year. Liam McCourt v Judith Ruiz now moved to the main event. Uh, the first time um, a huge promotion like this has had a female main event in Ireland, so a very big deal for Leah. Richard Coyley's also been added to card. Um, he'll take on George Hardwick. Um, Kylie, of course, coming back from that loss against MVP. Richie Smullen has a new opponent. He'll now take on Albert Diaz. Uh, he was initially meant to fight uh, Ranjit Barrier. Um, Dylan Logan also has a new opponent. He'll take on Callum Murray. Uh, Tom Mearns has been ruled out of that fight, from what I'm hearing. And I saw an interview with Tom, actually, uh, with UK MMA and Katie Hunter, where he said... Bellator asked him, basically, to, uh, lose, uh, to get a GP to sign off on a making featherweight, which is... Pretty impossible, I'd imagine, in this part of the world. But um, you can you can imagine that he's not too happy about that. But that is the way the cookie crumbles. Unfortunately, it's going to be very hard for anything other than a medical practitioner to sign off on that. Jesus. Um, as we said, Ross Houston has vacated and uh, the title and has been released from Cage Warriors. Reese McKee now fights for the title in Belfast in May. Um, another one here, Noel. Interesting. RCC hosting a Road to PFL event in Russia on Feb 22nd. It's part of their European or global expansion, should I say. So uh, the winner will go through and uh, fight in the PFL, which is quite interesting. But um, that's all the headlines. I thought we should talk about last week because... Um, we were hoping to have a bit of news on the podcast last week, weren't we? Yeah, we did. We did go, <laughs> you go, oh, Jesus, some mad news here. When you got up on uh, it, it obviously played out that way. I think we were pretty confident, but, you know, we don't do anything without fully getting shit yeah, over the line. Yeah, we tried. Jesus Christ. Yeah, big time. Like, we really did try to get it, but, um, yeah, it's unfortunate, James, having to pull out, but a huge story, and then a whole avalanche of stories that day. Yeah, we should have just done it for the crack and just see what happened, but we don't do that. Yeah, and then I wouldn't have slept all night, but <laughs> yeah. up texting you, do you think it's... Uh, no, I'm not able for that shit. Yeah, listen, it's unfortunate, man. It really is. We were looking forward to that fight. It was a really good test, I think, for James, for both guys, for Cal as well, obviously, you know, putting uh, putting together some some really big wins and uh, obviously it fell out before. So really disappointing for both guys. And um, and Leah steps up now, yeah, for, for Bellator. So. Absolutely. We're going to talk about that a bit later because we have four guests this week. We're going to do the talking points after the first interview, but um, we're definitely going to get back to that. Um, what about Ross Houston? We kind of saw this coming, right? Like It, it seemed like... He didn't really, he was out of favour with, with Cage Warriors or he certainly didn't seem happy based on his social media. I think it's good to just get this done. Yeah, get this just done. get it done. Get yeah. it dealt with it. That's always the best way. We saw Robert Whiteford when he was with ACB, yeah. how long that tra- you know uh, went on for, you know, dragged out for like three, four, five, even longer months. But um, yeah, it's good to get this out of the way. It's good for Ross. It's good for Cage Warriors. It's unfortunate. I think it all stems back um, originally when Ross came out um, after he wasn't allowed to compete in the grappling tournament. Mm. And it's, I mean, Sarah Grapes ever since then. And obviously they've cut a deal or something's happened there. And everything seems like, I mean, they all, they're all they all telling me it was an amical uh, yeah. separation. So, I mean, 
what uh, well Reese McKee is going to be happy about it anyway isn't oh he, he is he's delighted holy you, shit I know you've been speaking to him I've been speaking to him you know this is what Reese has, has dreamt about in stage one of his progression of his career to go towards the UFC he's turned down Bellator contracts um, so he's he's told us and uh, this is what Reese wants so that is um, you know obviously to what 99 fighters I think now um, have gone on 96 fighters sorry 95 it's just because Morgan Charrier last week was like I will be 96 okay sorry I'm getting confused <laughs> here right but it, it is you know that's um, an incredible record that Cage Warriors have had in relationship you know in, in terms of the relationship with the UFC and producing fighters for the UFC so you know, you get that title and you're 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 well on the path with the Sean Shelby and Graham and uh, Gray Maynard, Mick Maynard having a, their eyes on you. So it's it's a huge opportunity for Reese. Yeah, it it also adds a lot to these um Irish shows that Cage Warriors are doing. That's one thing a lot of people are like, Oh, if, if Reese wins in, in May, he's off to the UFC. Look, Cage Warriors are gonna need him for those shows as well. Like this is gonna be a huge storyline now for these cards over the next year. Over twenty twenty, it's gonna be about Reese and that title if he if he manages security in May. And yeah, by the end of the year I I'd expect him if he's still holding on to that belt, he'll be signing with the big boys. Oh, hundred percent, man. Like look at look at the guy. He's he's the complete package as well, I think, in terms of American and he's got lovely hair. Uh, not as nice as mine, but yeah, decent hair. Um, <laughs> I've got terrible he's a great hair. guy. He's good with the media. He knows how to deal with the media. He knows the right things to say, and um, obviously backs it up with that touch of death. So McKee is on path for the big show. No, indeed, no doubt, Petey. <laughs> Without go. further ado, let's get on with the first interview of the day. It's a great. Uh, privilege for us to have uh, Valentina Shevchenko on the show what a legend I think she's one of the best fighters in the world at the moment uh, my colleague Jed Meshew had an article out this morning um, lauding her as the the most dominant champion in the UFC and I agree with it to be honest when you think about where Valentina is and what she's doing to these contenders she's absolutely in a class of her own and in a class of her own on the microphone and on the phone as well as you will hear uh, she's an absolute diamond a pleasure to have her on we'll be back in about 15 minutes to get onto these talking points and thanks again to Valentina and now we are joined by the UFC flyweight champion and one of the greatest fighters in the world at the moment who just recorded another title defense against Caitlin Chukagian it is none other than the bullet herself Valentina Shevchenko, and what an honor it is to be joined by you, Valentina. How happy are you with this victory in Houston, Texas? Hello, Peter. Yes, um, it was good night for me. It was good, uh, like in general, everything, training camp preparation. And of course, after the victory, it's like, uh, uh, what it's like a happy a happiness that you feel. And it's amazing that uh, like that doesn't matter how like injured you are or not. If you get the victory, it's everything that really matter. Were you carrying injuries into this fight, or were you uh, very fit? A uh, very small one, you know. It's like even doesn't count. No, very small. Right, right. And how do you celebrate a win like this? You go in, you perform so amazingly. How how do you celebrate something like this? Um, I like to celebrate it, um, like, um, um, with my friends, with my family and uh, I don't like the big celebration. I very like to spend like, um, time in the, probably like go to eat something, go with my family to the nature just to, um, um, Take a moment and appreciate the moment, appreciate everything that was and gonna be. And I really love to, um, mm, 
to spend my time in very um, like quiet and um, like nature, go to the lake. Uh, this is for me the best, the best, the best celebration. <laughs> <laughs> do you, um, I mean, a- after a performance like that, do you feel that was a special one? Because it seems every fight you, you show us a new side to you. This was a, a very dynamic performance. Is it, is it something, like, do you get more proud of some fights compared to the other? Is, is this, do you feel especially proud about this performance because it was utterly dominant? Uh, you know, um, I think that um, fighters, they, they cannot say um, while they are active, and while uh, they are like uh, continue their professional career fights, uh, they cannot say things like that. That uh, they can say, "Okay, this is my best performance" or whatever. I think when you are done already with something and you are like doing something new in your life, you can take look back and say, "Okay, this is what I think," or "This is what's the best moment." But right now, it's like no time time to think about this it's still many things um, gonna come in the future i hope so <laughs> and every time of course i'm um, like in my trainings everywhere i try to uh, make myself better version of me um, than i was yesterday and this is my priority number one how does it feel when everybody is is beginning to talk about you as the most dominant champion in the UFC? I mean, do you do you care about these accolades that people say about you? It, it just seems that you are so far ahead of everyone in the division. Do do you take that as a compliment? Do you believe that, or, or how do you feel about it? Uh, for me, it means uh, first of all, I appreciate it a lot because um, you know. Um, I started martial arts very young age, five years old, and now I training for. Um, I do all these things. I fight. I training for twenty six years already, <laughs> so all my life I spent doing this kind of stuff. And of course, after all this year, full dedication, training, and everything that I spent, of course, it's feeling great that um, this like um, recogni- um, recognition that. Um, like people they are speaking but in the other like mm, from other side it put on me more responsibility to keep the same work mm. and um, I, I'm just like this kind of person I was like um, um, growing up with this mindset because of my family because of my coach Pavel Fedotov he's every time was saying it's no time to stop never before you are like breathing before you're living <laughs> it's every time you have to move forward and if it's at this point people like thinking about me like this it's meaning for me I have to keep forward and it's no time to think okay it's enough I did everything now I have to enjoy no it's never it's uh for me it's um like I I have to work double right now (laughs) well you're you're such an amazing uh representation of the sport uh such a great role model you're such a, a martial artist I was wondering you know I've seen the the crazy celebrations that happen in Kyrgyzstan when you win but what has the impact been like in the country 
like from your success because I'm from Ireland and it went from nobody knowing what martial arts mixed martial arts was to everybody <laughs> knowing when Conor McGregor came along is is it like yes. that in your country um in um, I would say so for example in our in my country it's um uh, it was Every time the sport number one, it was martial arts. It was um, uh, like all kinds of wrestling, boxing, and um, all like... Um, not, uh, I'm proud that in my country, uh, sport number one is martial arts. And even like um, when there is a competition of soccer and another competition of martial arts in like professional fights, the arena is going to be it's gonna be fullest of fans and people in martial arts competitions wow. at soccer. Amazing. <laughs> That's why in, uh, in Kyrgyzstan, in uh, Central Asia, people love UFC, they watching it all the time. They speak about the UFC, so it's like it's uh, the big, it's a huge over there. So um, that's why that's why everyone is very like given uh, paying a lot of attention to see every every news and know everyone, <laughs> every fighters from UFC. Wow, that's incredible! It's incredible. And do you find more women getting involved in the sport because of your success? Um, we we see it over here as well. When when um, we have dominant European fighters, uh, females, we see more females going to the gym. Do you think you you uh, inspired many women to get involved in martial arts, or was there already many women involved in martial arts where you're from? I you know. I really hope so. I really hope that uh, there is like each day more girls starting to practice and to train, and even um, if some of them don't think in and or like not considering their uh, life being a professional athlete, I would love to see more girls just practicing martial arts because from one side it's it's give like um, if we are speaking about the physical condition. It's put you in a good shape. It's uh, doing sports put you in the good mood as well. What is more uh, the, the important thing for uh, like feel the life, happy life, and live uh, enjoying uh, living, enjoying the life. And from uh, like other side, uh, other side, it gives uh, self confidence. It's make you secure in yourself, so you are not that like person who is afraid of everything what they're gonna think about me what they're gonna like do or something like that stuff you are just um, over than this you are higher you are just uh, know that everything that you are doing it's for um, yourself to enjoy it to enjoy your life and uh, I hope not only girls but Every day would be more everyone, all people would do uh, martial arts, practicing and love the sports the same way as I love. Amazing. Um, uh, one of the things that fascinates me about you is that, you're, okay, you're the UFC champion, you're dominant, you're completely out on your own in your division, but you're also your own manager. How did that happen? That's that's really an amazing thing uh, for me to see because even when I see fighters maybe four fights into their professional career, the first thing they do is get a manager. But here you are at the very top of the sport and you're managing yourself. How how did this happen? Yes, it was backwards. I had a manager first and then I went uh, as a self-manager. Right. Um, now now it's uh, about um, like um, a little old 
over than one year as a self-manager. And uh, I, it works good for me because I feel that, um, I felt that I can do it and, um, I can do it like all, both things together. It's not affecting me at all. It doesn't take, uh, like what, people they're afraid oh i will start to do these things and it will take out uh, take out like uh, time from my trainings or whatever no i can do this both i can spend time on training quality training i can spend time on doing things like uh, in my uh, professional business stuff and of course it's uh, you have to think about it you have to um like put more efforts in this you have to understand what you are doing but isn't it the things that make you smarter i think so um mm. every time in my life i was uh, like i wanted to um, like be um how 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 uh, how i express this be able to resolve everything that right. I can to understand how uh, things working for not being like, um, you know, when, um, this, uh, <laughs> little dogs, little cubs, little cats, they are just born in there, still like cannot see anything <laughs> in there, don't know nothing. So I don't want to be that stuff. No, I want to understand everything. I want to be smart, clever and good athlete at the same time. You know, um, a lot of people are, are considering your next opponent. And um, I, I saw you at the post-fight press conference speak about JoJo. You spoke about Jennifer Moya and, and Roxanne, I believe. Um, I, I know you you just recently did an interview with Ariel Hawani, my good friend. Uh, and you said that JoJo is probably going to be next. Is that a fight that excites you? Every fight excites me. <laughs> every, every fight Yes. And uh, I say that Jojo, she's every time giving her best in the fight. So she's um, fighting till the end and she's trying like to doesn't matter. I, I didn't watch a lot of her fights yet. I watch only fight against uh, Caitlin. Uh, but at that moment, I was focusing more on Caitlin than her. <laughs> but um, she did great. She was like um, fighting till the end and trying to um, flip uh, the fight like uh, toward her side and I consider it's uh, like um, same very good opponent so I hope um, um, soon I will have a date and um, a f uh, opponent name so I probably uh, could do my sister's gonna fight in uh, April 25th against Cynthia Calvillo and um, like anyway fight. I Yes, it's a good, very, very good fight. I think, I think it's going to be a good one. And, um, I will help in her in her training camp. I will do the same things like training with her, doing all the stuff. So, um, if it would be somewhere the date close to her fight, uh, probably as we have already tradition one week after your fight. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it seems so. Yes, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, I would say so. It would be amazing, yeah. <laughs> Do, does it feel like I feel like a lot of people ask you about Wiley Zhang and things like this? Do you feel like it's nearly disrespectful for the other fighters in your division that people are constantly trying to put you against uh, a champion at strawweight or a champion at, at bantamweight? Because it, it seems to come up an awful lot, right? 
I think it's a normal thing that people want to see that kind of fight because it's uh, became very popular about the yes. super, super fight. <laughs> and I think it's um, nature, uh, people's nature to um, create this kind of interest of whatever. Yes, yes. So, so it's it, you don't feel as though it's sliding your division. It's just something that people will always think about. Of course, of course, it's uh, nothing disrespectful to the fighters in flyweight division. They just um, like it, it. It would be anyway. It would be the same things. Does it matter who would be in my weight class? Uh, they would create the same questions, the same interest. In. I think it's normal, normal thing. How did it feel to have Halle Berry there? I know you did this film Bruised with, with Halle, um, but I mean, she's one of the biggest stars in the whole world. And um, she looked like she is so excited to see you. She looked so happy after you got victory. You must be really good friends. Oh, yes. I so happy that she came. It was like uh, one of the biggest motivation for me. And she came um, uh, before the fight. She went to the, our like uh, changing room when I was warming up. She said like uh, all best wishes. She like uh, was amazing. And um, yes, definitely. It was one of the reasons <laughs> why I felt I have to finish the <laughs> fight sooner <laughs> is she a good fighter you've taught her how to fight right for on the film how, how good is she at fighting now oh you know she's very good for this filming <laughs> she was preparing and she was training uh more than three years wow. doing muay thai mma boxing every kind of martial arts and she's actually i i can say from the professional point of view she is in excellent shape she's in good form and um yes she is she is fighter now yes she's actress and a fighter <laughs> <laughs> I, I have two more questions for you valentina and thank you so much this is a great honor for us um first question is did henry cejudo vacate the belt because he was afraid of you you know, I didn't think about this, but now it makes sense. It does. Now I see the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might have choked him too hard that time. <laughs> that time, yeah, probably, probably. And <laughs> <laughs> one more. We are a, a European show. And um, of course, there was a, a very famous uh, Shevchenko from Ukraine, uh, a football player, Andrei uh, Shevchenko. And, and, and because of this, we always just thought of you as a European. And, and you've mentioned earlier that uh, Kyrgyzstan is actually in Asia. But we were wondering, could we bring you on as an honorary team member of Team Europe? Because we would love a champion on our team like you. <laughs> it would be huge honor for me oh my god course. amazing i can't believe this is happening <laughs> <laughs> i cannot believe this is happening <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing Valentina, that, that is the best news uh, i've had all week and thank you again for getting on to speak to us and uh congratulations on another amazing performance i cannot wait to see uh, your next fight, whoever it's against, whatever weight division, uh, you're one of the greatest fighters in the world and it was an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much, Peter. Have a great time and enjoy the, um, like uh, everything. Enjoy the life. <laughs> you too, Valentina. You. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And what a pleasure it was to speak to Valentina Shevchenko. Champ.
of course, and, and where should we go now but to look at UFC 247 and what better place to start than Shevchenko's fight, Shevchenko, Shevchenko's latest masterclass against Caitlin Chukagian. She bet the brakes off that girl. Yeah, I think it was pretty much as we predicted last week. Um, you know, what What can you do to, to fight her? Like, it's <laughs> just... A- She's a beast, man. Those, those, you know, the switch kicks, the question mark kicks. There was, there was all sorts going on. Do you know what I find most um, impressive about her? Her composure in the pocket, like oh, she just literally just d- little slight head movements, tiny little movements that completely open up her opponent. The the opponents are like they're, they're not even the same realm as far as I'm concerned. Like I mean, totally. like I, I think the world of JoJo Calder would, but still, after after seeing what. Yeah. Shevchenko's been doing to the flyweight division. It's very, like, I mean, it, it's, it's impossible to, to pick against her, right? Yeah, no, impossible to pick against her. And I think, you know, we, we often mention, you know, how calm champions look when they come out to the octagon. Dude, you wouldn't even know she's, you think she's going for breakfast or something? Yeah. Like, it, it's crazy how, as you said, when she's in the pocket there, how cool, calm, calculated. And listen, once she had Caitlin down the ground there, we saw, I think it was the, the end of the second round. Oh, sorry. Um, and yeah. when she dropped that elbow. Oh, yeah. um, that was just vicious. That's sort of opened her up. And, and that really, I think, you, you could see in, in the second round then when Hayden went to her corner that she was breathing heavy and going, Jesus, man, uh, do I really want to be in here? And, and then ultimately she got in the crucifix. And listen, fine stoppage. I have oh, no yeah. problem with it. Nowhere it, to go it, there, it, it would have, Yeah, it would have just got worse. And uh, good stoppage from the referee. And I think, obviously, with the night that was in it as well, Peter, with all the uh, you know controversy with the commission and stuff, a bit of kudos there goes to, to the referee for stopping it yeah. at that point because it would have just got a lot worse and a lot nastier for uh, for Caitlin Chukagan. I look back at USC 196. We were about there for uh, McGregor right. and Diaz and when she fought Amanda Nunes the first time. And, I mean, the ground was where, you know, Nunes dominated the fight. But you look at Shevchenko now, obviously coming from a, a toy background, a person who's had multiple world titles as a toy fighter. She looks like she's been grappling her whole life. Like, you know, it's just so just comfortable. So little, tiny little details everywhere. It's just she's she's a serious, serious talent, and she's going nowhere. But, but like, it just shows that he, the, the the mindset and the, and the champion that she is that she's gone back and worked on that because she wasn't obviously as comfortable yeah. with that a number of fights ago. But she looks as capable there as she does exactly. in the feet now. It's, exactly. in, it's incredible. Yeah. Like, it's actually incredible. Amazing athlete. And listen, I think Joe asked her after what she's going to do next, and it, you know. I think to put anyone up against her and listen, nine times out of ten, if not ten times out of ten, you're picking Valentina to win it. Absolutely. Uh, let's just take a quick look through the Europeans that were in action on the night and we'll come back and have a look at Jones. Um, Mirsad Bektic uh, loses a split decision to Dan Ige. Um, Mirsad, again, didn't come Talked out hot. About it. Yeah, this is pretty much exactly how you called it, to be fair. Mm. Yeah, no, it's just disappointing because, you know, he was eating way too much damage. He got, um, he got him in a choke at one point in the second round, I think it was. Um, Beautiful groundwork in the second round. Like, I mean, he came back into it, and I was like, "Jesus, this is his now." Um, but I thought the commentary do- team did a great job of reminding us that Ige does drop off in the second round, and he was on fire again in round three. Yeah, and it was—it's just annoying with Beerside because you just love to see him just go get guys up against the cage, grapple them, just you know, use your rest and use what you're, you're so dominant at. on top. Like, and when he was standing with or with. Uh, Ige, sorry, Danny Ige, he was just taking shots. He was getting, la- he, he got start- picked off, you know, in that first Ige round. looked incredible, though. Like, I mean, his hands are insane. Yeah. Like, I mean, Jesus, like beating him, Mirsad to the punch with his jab and stuff, like, I mean, that's that's yeah. pretty impressive stuff. Yeah. Like, No, he was really good. Listen, uh, your props to, to Danny Ige. Um, you know, excellent performance. I'm just disappointed with Mirsad. I think he's a lot of injuries as well, building up over the last few years. We've talked about his inactivity. Just, I don't know. It's hard for him I, to get a momentum going, is, isn't it? It is, it is. 
Ilar Latifi didn't have a successful return to heavyweight against uh, Derek Lewis. Um, I believe it was his heavyweight debut in the was, UFC, yeah. was it? Yeah. Um, 245 pounds. <laughs> just shows no how that guy around. cuts. Look, hard fight. Uh, Derek Lewis's, Lewis is fighting at home, but as I said to you, I expected a decision here, and Ilar pushed him pretty close. Like, I mean, did, yeah, you know, I fight. thought I thought Lewis won the fight. Don't get me wrong. I saw some people complain about why didn't Ilar win. Like, I mean, I, I thought yeah, it was fairly yeah, yeah. fairly in Lewis's favor there, but um. You know, definitely stuff to build on, right? Like when he's when he gets the fight down, he's very dominant in the top position again. But that single leg pick he was trying to use against mm-hmm. Lewis, he was just mm-hmm. too tall. <laughs> there was he couldn't get a pivot off him. Like he's, he like was, a, he's just a tree trunk as Lewis. Like he's a big incredible. dude, man. And uh, yeah, it's just what about Ilers? Like at some of his big, big shots yeah. as well, man. No, Ilers a tough dude, man. Yeah. He's a very tough dude. But it's a just, neck like a fire hydrant, yeah, as they were saying. Yeah, yeah. But you just go, you go. Like realistically, how far is he going to go in the heavyweight division? That's you know, that's just the. The, the realistic fact for Freelier, you know? Mm, yeah, absolutely. That was all the Europeans that were in action on the night, but uh, we have to talk about some of the controversies surrounding the commission um, on the night. Um, you know, a lot of people felt they were ill-prepared. They were did not get the right judges in, as Dominic Cruz um, spoke a lot about. Uh, these are boxing judges for the most part. Um, Joe Solis was uh, in for the most amount of backlash on the night. I believe it was the first time he had Judge the fight since 2017, um, in particular his 30-27 scorecard for Andre Ull and his um, 49-46 for Jones were, were things that really kind of flashed up in a lot of people. Even like the commission, the computer crashed at the end of the yeah. at the end of the Ewell Martinez fight. And there was some controversy surrounding also uh, Andrea Lee's fight as well with Lauren Murphy. So it wasn't just the one robbery we're talking about, even though that seems to be the main event that a lot of people are talking about. There was a lot, you know, layers upon layers of um, just issues. I'm not going yeah. to say robberies, but I'm going to say just issues. Yeah, I don't think there were robberies. I think yeah. it was really on the judges' scorecards and the discrepancy on yeah. the scorecards, scorecards across the board was the main sort of puzzling thing. Like, how the fuck are you getting a 49-46 in that fight? Um, listen, I think the third rounds we, we can talk about it was the round where you can see it scored Sorry, either round, way. Yeah. Listen, I, I I had Reyes winning the first three, Jones comfortably the second, same. Uh, sorry, the fourth and the fifth. So you're scoring Jones the first, <laughs> Reyes the first three, um, definitely the first two, and and, and he's scoring it. That, like, how is he getting that? I, I really don't understand how he's getting that scorecard. Do you call it a robbery? No, I don't do it. No, because then I think the, the third round you can go and go. Oh shit! Look, look at it again. Oh fuck! I can make a I can make a case for for Jones taking that round. Like definitely, like mm-hmm. the, it's not clear cut in any way. But the first two rounds and the last two rounds are definitely clear cut. Like there's no way I think they could have gone either way in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, would you be reluctant if you were a coach and you were a fighter who was uh, scaling the ranks and suddenly they're handed a title shot in Houston, Texas? What do you say? No, well, listen, the UFC, if this is another issue that hasn't probably been brought up, why do the UFC keep bringing big back, bringing big fights back yeah. to Dallas under that commission when they've had issues in the past? There's been this similar problem in the past um, with UFC events that have been in the state of Texas. And it just sort of baffles me that the UFC keep going back to this market until they're happy with the commission. Um, you know, obviously the rulings as well, the old rules, um, you know, the 10-8 the rounds, it has to be, you know, a, a much wider mark or a much more um, clear 10-8 rounds um, than the new rules that have been brought in. So it's across the board, it's just a fucking mess. And I don't know, understand why they're giving themselves these headaches because it's not going to reflect good in the UFC either when, when there's things like this keep happening, you know? Yeah, and I mean, it's hampering people's careers. Of course. Um, you know, it, it, it's very tough. Um, yeah, I feel like it just, 
in this day and age, it's just not good enough to have people not understanding the, the yeah. judging criteria. Uh, you talked about it earlier on um, in terms of boxing and MMA judges. I think it was you know, how, how would we we have dedicated yeah. MMA judges here? How do, how are you going to tell me the biggest is it the biggest state in the in the US Texas yeah. they can't find some judges? It's absolutely ridiculous. Like I feel like um, the media have been able to educate themselves in Europe based on the judges. Like, we have a mm. great outlet there with Ben Cartledge. <clears throat> Anytime we, we don't understand something, mm. we get on the phone and we, we understand it, but it feels like people just aren't doing mm. that anymore. Like, in Houston, like, I mean, it just feels like people are so ill-informed or misinformed, and, um, you know, a lot of people going home there, um, they probably feel like they should have had, um, you know, they should have had a better crack of it from the judges on the night, and I don't think that's a good way to have it. And at the pinnacle of the sport, I, I think if the, if the scorecards are different, we're not probably talking about this. If they're closer, and you can see, um, you know, obviously if there's one round in it, and in in, in both fights or in, in all in multiple cases, fights, yeah. there was like the James Krause fight as well, one yeah, of the first geez, rounds. Yeah. Like, like fair enough if it, if you know it happens once in a, in a blue moon, but you know on one scorecard, but like yeah. grand, but. It's happening four times in one night at scorecards that are totally perplexing everyone across the board. And it's uh, it's mental. And I think the UFC are really going to have to take a stance with this commission now. And I know they've come out with a statement this evening. Um, do you want to read if I that have there, it up there? there. Um, they've basically come out. I'll give you the, the, yeah. sort of the bottom line. They've basically come out and said, we know everyone uh, across the board, media fans, um, have had their say. It's obviously very... Um, subjective, uh, subjective y- yeah. your opinion on how fights are scored. They look to constantly improve, and no, they uh, don't. That's that's, that's bullshit. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah, but like, you know, but all I'm saying is, right? If this happened in Dublin, I'd be fucking embarrassed. Yeah, uh, as an Irishman, I'd be like, this is a joke. Yeah, it, it is. It's um, and it wouldn't happen in Ireland because we have people who understand the rules here, understand the skill set. I mean, understand the the criteria. Yeah, no, it is. And you look at, you know, you, we talk to guys like Ben Cartledge, if you said there, we've, we've had him on, you know, our shows over the years we, we've done together. And it's been, um, it, it's just sort of fascinating to, to get his insight on us well, you can't, you to, can't, compared to what we have. It's invaluable. You never understand things fully, like, until you, you're talking to a guy who's been there, you know, who actually has lived these situations. Like, even if you know it was Rogan the other night was going mental about Andrea Lee and saying the judge wasn't looking at the fights, they've clarified that the monitors were there. But Ben was saying that immediately, like, yeah, pretty 100%. much straight away. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, that's what that is, and moved yeah. on. Like, yeah. you know, it's... Um, but to Rogan's credit, when there is a shitstorm going on and you can see all these decisions coming in, why would you have any faith in them that he is watching the fight? You know, you, like, you, you start to wonder, I'm sure, in his situation, like, what the hell is going on here? That is true, yeah. Um, and, you know, there could easily be a TV at his feet. Was there? I don't know if that was confirmed or not. I don't know. I don't know either, but... Um, but, I mean, Ben has recently refereed UFC fights and yeah, he knows um, that yeah, there's one yeah. there, so I'd say there probably was. Like. Yeah, well, Rogan, you know, he does spout his mouth <laughs> quite a lot in his stuff. He probably living. And I thought, you know, like, right, yeah, no, I think, you know what I mean, you know, he says stuff maybe off the cuff that he shouldn't say at times. And I think that was the case, you know, even, you know, after the Andre Ewell fight and before the scores were even read out. Um, and he, he was probably writing one of the scorecards again, but... You know, Dominic Cruz more or less said, I think this was the exact quote, um, I have it there. I don't think they know what they're telling half the time anyways. You know, it's it's just a little bit, oh, come on, guys. It, it, when you have two guys that agree so much on this point, I don't think, you know, I think we could be a little bit more on maybe looking at the stats and seeing why, 
you know, why did he score this round that way or why did he look at it instead of just Boda Green and, and, and slamming on the judges? Because you're, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Just you wear know? a Ben Cartledge. That's uh, it. No, 100%. You know. That's what they should do. Um, but uh, basically, I'll just read the rest of the statement if we want to have a look. Um, claims have been made that a judge was not paying attention to the fight and was looking down at the floor, as we just uh, referred to. Um, one of the advances the UFC has made in the past several years has been to provide small video monitors below the floor level of the octagon for each judge to look more closely and monitor the matches. So that's just in relation to what we were saying there. So just iron it out. Absolutely. Um, let's have a, a chat about Leah getting the main event. Um, a lot of talk about this. There's a lot of, a lot of. to be honest, like it is a big talking point for the scene here. I mean, everybody was talking about this. Um, and, it, and it wasn't, I didn't feel it was like, Complete criticism. I saw a lot of people getting behind Leah as well when it was brought up. Um, obviously, we did see a lot of people saying, you know, we think Paul Redmond should be the main event. Uh, his fight with Georgie Carcanyon is definitely the the. These guys have a far bigger legacy. They are have done a lot more things in the sport um, than say Leah and, and Judith. But for me, we keep on looking at this from a, a meritocracy point of view. Like, we keep on looking at this as a, like, Paul has earned a spot, which he has, so he should be the headline fight. But they have never, ever built a card around, um, you know, merit. As in, the top fight has never been like, oh, this one's going to have huge implications on the division. This one is the guys who have been tried and tested the hardest, and that's why they're in the main event. They're always trying to transcend the sport Every time, and James Gallagher's a guy, every time you're going to put him on the top there, he nearly transcends the little MMA bubble here in Europe and it goes across to the US. And I think they're thinking behind putting Leah there is this historic main event. Um, it looks like this is a story that can hit a lot more casual people and like, you know, a lot of female uh, interest as well outside of this. And I think that's what they've gone for instead of, you know, going against everything that they have been doing in the past and putting Reds are at the top of the card. I just don't think they're ever going to give that guy the, yeah, the, I don't the crack he deserves, yeah. you know? No, yeah, I, I agree with you um, with that. With, with, with Paul, it just doesn't seem as though they even like Paul at times. <laughs> <laughs> How I could you not like Paul? I can understand that. I'm only messing. <laughs> uh, listen, but, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying, Peter, at the end of the day, but, right, we, we can go back to Bellator, what they've done in the past as well, in terms of main events and in terms of fighters, but, right, a lot of the problem we've said over the years, just in general with Bellator, even before they sort of even conquered and sort of came in with this European series, was the slow build of fighters, right? Yeah. I think they've run out of options in this card, and that's why, you know, they've, they've gone to Leah, a girl who's obviously dealt with the media, and um, more so obviously Absolutely up, up in Northern yeah. Ireland. She's been on UTV, on BBC, a lot of the mainstream outlets there have covered her. And that's a big thing as well. Like, she is bringing in media attention that otherwise would not be there. Of course, and that's why I think they've done it. Um, I don't agree with it. You know, I'd love to see Leah, as, as I tweeted out last week, I'd like to see Leah get some more fights behind her um, and, and just be a slower bill like what Bellator have traditionally done in the past. And I think why they're doing this is because of that reason, the media puts more eyes and focus on the fight. And casual interest. And casual interest. But in terms of longevity for Leah, it's a lot of pressure and a short space of time upon her. And I, I just don't like it. I think, you know... If Bellator heads had a better, more of a backup plan on the European cards here, as we've talked about, mm. that we'd have other options to be able to put on the top of the card. Yeah, well, look, it's it's it, again, look, this is a huge opportunity for Leah. Um, I feel like, and obviously she's not going to turn it down. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely not, and as she shouldn't as well. Um, but this is 
this is all on Bellator now. Like, as you, you've made relevant points there, Leah, a couple of weeks out from this event, is now thrust into the main event spot where she has far more media obligations, even even far more than she's used to, even though she's always done a lot. She'll have far more media obligations, which is less time for cutting weight. And, and I mean, this is all stuff that they have put on her, and they need to make sure that, you know, everything is sorted out for Leah this week, because it is a big step up. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And, and there's also... The, the experience factor in that, in that main event, we're going to see the likes of Redmond in there beforehand, Bungard and Primus, and then we're going to go to Leah. So there's pressure on her to perform in, in a new way. She's always got pressure to perform, but to perform with the How spotlight you handle like, it, man. in the main one. How do you handle it? Um, yeah, so I think I think Bellator, you know, this is this is gonna this is gonna be on there on them at the end of the day. Like if it doesn't work out, I'm not going to blame Leah for it. I mean, she's just coming in here having yeah. any other fight, you know what I mean, it, as far as she was concerned. And now everything's been turned upside down. But It's if- a very different approach to what they normally do. And it's it, it smells to me, from their point of view, maybe a little bit, I don't mean to be disrespectful, like a little bit of, we've no options left and, and we sort of have to do this because... I think there was options. I th- like, honestly, like... I well, mean, Paul and Georgie, but as we said, we, we, we Primus, knew Paul... Premise on Bungard? Yeah. Former world champion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There is options there. I really feel like there's method here. As but, in, I, but I as think in terms of the market, it was always going to be a person that's, you know, probably from this island mm-hmm. and that's going to headline the card here. And that's obviously what they've done in the past. So, yeah, listen, I just, as I said before, I've said it for weeks, we've said it for weeks that we'd like a little bit more steel behind these cards. And, we, you know, in fairness to Bellator, we did have that with, you know, in terms of a fight that's going to mean something with, uh, you know, Peter Creeley and, and, and um, Primus. Obviously, that fell out and it was Bungard that stepped in, but... I think we need sort of more of those fights going forward in the cards here. Oh, yeah, I definitely wouldn't uh, disagree with you there. But um, it is a huge moment for Leah McCourt. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And um, we got to have a chat with Leah about this moment. And it is a big deal for her. And, I mean, as I said to her, you know, what what would this have meant to you when you were starting out your career to see a, a woman at the top of one of these big cards that comes to Ireland? And, you know, she said she couldn't have even believe it. She sort of, you told me two weeks ago that this was going to happen, I couldn't <laughs> believe it, you know? And she's saying she always had Ash and Catherine Costigan there, yeah, and, and she hopes this will, again, pave the way for a whole new generation of Irish women, and I really hope it does. Um, I, I have confidence in her because she has been in the spotlight for a long time, that she can do this, that she can pull it off. Beltar asking an awful lot of her. Massive, yeah, that, totally. That's the reality of the situation, but um, an absolute pleasure to speak to Leah ahead of the biggest week of her career, without a doubt. And thanks to Dan Apostolos for uh, starting out for us, as always. I love you, Dan. Legend. Um, but um, let's get on to Leah here. Um, she did uh, gave us about 15 minutes here, and we'll be back afterwards to look ahead to this UFC Rio Rancho card. It is a pleasure to be joined by the new main event, the new headline act for Bellator Dublin. Miss Leah McCourt. She's known as the curse. I like to call her mainstream because of all the media attention she's coveted <laughs> since day one. But oh my God, Leah, what, what a huge moment for you. How good did it feel to get that phone call? And how did it happen? How did you find out? Um, it's pretty surreal. Um, it's been emotional, an emotional week. Just, you know, you know my journey I've been on. But um, it was kind of funny. On Monday, I heard a training that James potentially was injured. And I was going, oh, I'm fuck. I was like, are you going to get in? I was like, they better not cancel this cars. And I was like, no, no, no. We'll get someone in. And then for a joke, I, te- I was driving home from Dublin. And I, for a joke, I texted Jude and was like, um, Jude, me and his idea. And I sent him the goat emoji. And I was like, what about Artem? I was like, he'll not, he'll not be signed to any promotion. He's the man. Everybody loves him. 
And Jude texts back saying, um, no. And then he goes, Liam, of course. And I went, haha, in a heartbeat. And he goes, exactly. And I said, um, wow. Jude, I said, Jude, this is going to be a main event performance. I just say the word and it's done. And he never replied. And, and I obviously just was laughing it off, like thinking that was just, it was just a joke. And I was, um, came back up the road. I was sitting in the sauna just doing recovery before I taught my ladies class and Jude said Jude messaged me goes, Well you better perform then. Well wow. so the last message was this is a, this is a main event performance. And then Mike Cogan messaged me from LM was like, Yo, you there? And I was like, Oh my god, I was like, I just had a feeling they were gonna ask me and he was like I said, Mike, don't be text me unless you ask me to be the main event <laughs> 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 he, was like, he was like, You are and I was like Said to my voice, and then like screaming in the sauna, and then the people that own this, this sauna came running in. They thought something had happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. And then, like, was just buzzing. I had to like run out of the sauna to go and teach my ladies' class, and it was just amazing. Surreal, yeah. So there was absolutely no hesitation. You were just like, yeah, let's do this. Like, I mean, was there ever a party? Do you have to talk to Ruddy? Do you do you talk to Molly? Anyone like that, or were you just like, I know I can do this immediately? Well, like. At the end of the day, it's, nothing has changed. I'm going in to fight the same girl on the same night, on the same card, in the same place. It's just, you know, um, obviously a bit of a bigger platform. And, you know, my focus is always going to be on my performance. And, and do you know, when all this media is said and done and all the rest of it, I know what work I put in my team, know what work I, what, what I do every day, every single second of every day to to bring out the best version of myself so that's always my goal and my focus um so yeah so no I just said of course like straight away and then I messaged Owen and Molly and I think Molly and they had a heart attack and almost just like as cool as ever like oh brilliant <laughs> your time to <laughs> amazing it's um like for me when when i'm thinking about this and the the historical nature of it the fact that you were the first uh, female to main event a card of this magnitude in ireland um yeah. you know i'm thinking about you know as you're coming up of course you would you would uh, grapple for many years but i mean i'm sure it was a big thing for you to look at like the likes of ashing daly even even katrin costigan uh while you were making your initial steps in, in the sport and i'm just thinking about like what would it what it would have it meant to a to a young liam mccart who's just getting into mma to see a woman being main event of a, of a card of this magnitude that, that surely would have been a huge motivational and tool or, or very inspirational for you as a younger fighter um, I definitely would never have believed it if you had told me that even this time last year I would never have believed it or this time last week it's just, it is very surreal and it's, it's just testament how, how Bellator do their own things and they, they walk their own path and they're um, set themselves apart giving me this opportunity giving the female so young in their career this opportunity to shine and yeah definitely like Catherine and Ashley are just pioneers of Irish MMA and you know like they paved the way in front of me and I'm just coming up and hopefully going to encourage more females to believe themselves and just keep pursuing whatever they want yes what, what was Isabella's reaction if I can ask your daughter um, Isabella was like mum what's that what's my event and I was like <laughs> Isabella, I'm, I'm going to be like the, on the show, the last one on. She goes, oh, right, okay. And I just went back to talking about her dog or something. Like, she's very unfazed by everything. <laughs> have, you, have you had any contact with uh, James? Did James reach out to wish, wish you best of luck? Obviously, um, you know, he, he has had to pull out. It's very unfortunate. Um, you know, James James is a huge name, obviously, in Irish MMA. Have you heard anything from James? Yeah, I have. You know, um, 
James is a good friend of mine and he's always been so supportive and I would get some training in with him and you know he said he'd go and grab this grab this opportunity and make noise and so obviously I was as gutted as anybody to hear this fight called off like James is a superstar and he's, he's a gentleman and always has been so it's, it is disappointing he's not going to be here um, or he's not going to be performing on the night but um, everything happens for a reason and it's just nice to to kind of step in and hold the sports time until he's back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, it's it's obvious, right, that for me that you have huge star potential. Bellator have seen that since day one. It, as I said at the top of the show, you have kind of done more stream, more mainstream media than any other fighter on this card. So I'm sure it, it, it played into it a lot, the fact that they, they know that Leah can handle this media pressure. She has been in the spotlight for an off, for a very, very long time. And that's a big part of this, right? Like, is it daunting at all for you, thinking about the extended media schedule and, and you know, the spotlight of the main event as such? Does, does that does that kind of come in? Does that is that daunting at all? No, not really, to be honest. You know, um... Like that isn't no. As I said, I, I just focus on my performance and winning and and showing my skill set and like do you know, I just feel like I haven't showed any of my potential yet and that's all I ever care about. Like I come out after fighting bad form and bad mood because I know I've made mistakes or done things wrong. It puts, like drives me insane and puts my head away. <laughs> <laughs> so like doing the media and stuff like that, like I don't mind doing that. Like do you know what I mean? Um, part of the job and I think that there's so much more to being a professional fighter than getting in the cage and fighting you have to put a lot of work in outside you have to do you know what I mean like be, be somebody that somebody wants to watch and um, engage in with whoever like the fight fans or the media and get them interested and get them talking about the card that's do a massive part if it wasn't the, the, the fans or the media these shows wouldn't happen and we wouldn't be getting paid and we wouldn't be getting these platforms you have to show sort of exhaust yourself in all areas yeah, I mean, does that does it bother you at all? Like, and I mean, I haven't seen like a huge amount of this online. There was some, like the fact that people are going, "Oh, this guy should be the main event," like, or this person, or this person. I mean, it's always going to happen, right? Like this, this stuff is it's always like a big news moment like that. It's gonna it's gonna get some differing opinions. But I mean, it, does it? Do you do you let it bother you, or just look past it straight away? Like, I mean, even the people that they're mentioning, like even Paul Redman and stuff. I know you guys are good friends. I can imagine that they're all kind of you know. Uh, giving you a pat on the back for for getting this moment and, and having this yeah. main, main event. Yeah, of course, all the guys are so supportive. You know, like most of us, we've all fought in the amateur shows together. We've all fought in the, um, in the halls. And I'm asked coming up and I were fighting, you know, on, on a show like, like this in Ireland and celebrating us all. And she was thought about one person, you know, there's, it could be anybody at the top of the card. At the end of the day, there's going to be 14 unbelievable fights in that night. And it's not, just you know, one person. We all put the show together, and it's it's just. Do I think it's positive? Anybody that says something negative, like I just like, I surround myself with successful people. I listen. They're the only people I have to listen to. I listen to their opinions. I listen to you know, like Owen Roddy and Molly. They've got such a good successful team around me. Mm. You know, somebody in social media that <laughs> I don't know is has not achieved. You know, what, like like what we have done. It's, it's Definitely nothing I ever look into or listen to. You know, and no matter who was headlining the card, there would have been backlash. It should have been them. It should have been them. But I just think it's the moment to be celebrated and the moment that everybody should kind of get behind because it is 
Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Um, you know, and, and like the the thing is, right? Look at the reaction this has caused, right? Like, I mean, who else could have been put into this main event and, and had so many people talking? Who had Cyborg was talking to Jerry McCarthy of KO Media? Did you see that? That's incredible. He's like, this is amazing. That like, I mean, that that is crazy, right? Jerry's to have Cyborg bigging you up. <laughs> Jerry's the man. I know. Like, look at Cyborg last weekend. Yes. Like unbelievable. Is that like I mean, is there any kind of thing like when when you become a main event fighter in this situation and you're in that division, like I mean, do you do you feel as though a win you know, we they will be talking about Leah versus Cyborg and stuff like that, or do you feel as though you still want to have a few more fights before you get into that conversation? Um I, I obviously the cyborg is very down, you know, had had a long career so far. And if you look at my record, I'm right at the beginning of my career. Yes. You know, when that when that day comes or that's in my future, like I will be ready for that. And that is like ultimate goals, ultimate like in female MMA, she is the greatest woman of all time. You know, her performances and her fights, she's and like, she honestly looks better than she's ever looked last week. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> she was incredible. Was unbelievable. Just yeah. even like being in the same conversation is a privilege, like for me, obviously. Yes. She's a she's a legend. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you. But I have one more question, Leah, because there is nobody I know of yet coming out the zombie now without Peter Queeley. And I saw you teasing this on Twitter. You didn't specifically say I'm well you did actually. You said I'm taking that song now. But no, uh, I said, Go ahead, sorry. I think I think um Sean has said something like devastating news and I was just like lightening the subject. I was like dibs and zombie, but no, I'm not walking like a zombie. <laughs> oh, are you gonna keep us guessing? Can you reveal or, or are you gonna keep it as a oh, surprise for the night? It's gonna be one to watch. It will be unbelievable, don't worry. It's gonna, it sounds amazing. Well, look, you, you, you. Uh, I can't wait to see this fight. It's a huge moment for you, um, and I really believe a win here. If you're you're talking the way you're talking, as in this will be a main event performance, I believe that pushes your star into a completely different stratosphere. Um, so, congratulations. I will speak to you on fight week, and Leah, thank you so much for joining yeah. us. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you so much. There is plenty of European action this weekend in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Uh, our very own, Europe's own, Jan Blakovic taking on Corey Anderson. Um, with the winner, probably unlikely to take on John Jones next after <laughs> Dominic Reyes' fight recently, wouldn't you say? Yeah. It uh, doesn't feel like... I mean, this fight felt like it was going to definitely get the next number one contender. Well, I think we both sort of felt Corey probably should have got us. Yeah. But I think Corey's going to be waiting a while. Yeah, Curry's not going to be showing up to any John Jones um, public um, meet and greets anyway anytime, yeah. anytime soon. Or like Jan. No, but um, it's it's tough because it's really kind of taken the meaning away from this fight. Do you know what I mean? Because everyone just wants to see Reyes and Jones do again because it's such a close fight, right? Like, I mean, it's really... Yeah. It's kind of taking the, taking the juice out of this one for me. Yeah, I, I still want to see. Oh, I still want to see it, but I don't... Like, the implications have... Yeah. I've changed, but I yeah. still want to see Jones forget light heavyweight and, and go up to heavyweight. What do you think about the car crash waiting <laughs> to happen that is Diego Sanchez and Michael Pereira in the combat event? Like, I don't have much to say, really, to be honest. You're you know, a big Diego Sanchez fan, aren't you? Listen, man, I love the guy. He's been great for the sport, but and I know he had a, a recent resurgence that we've we, we sort of talked about and then obviously lost to Michael Chiesa. But, um, you know, ugh, come on. What? Like, what? do you want to see him in there either? No. <laughs> No, you don't. I do. You don't. I can't wait. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not interested really at all in that fight. Um, you gonna turn it off for that one? No, I won't turn it off. But it, it just makes me sort of uncomfortable, man. It, it does. I have to like a stone on one's you. shoe. Yeah, or like some food in your mouth and you need a toothpick, like you did earlier on. <laughs> I still need that. <laughs> that is wrecking me head. Um, <laughs> elsewhere, we have uh, Mara Romero Barella trying to get back to winning ways. Two and two in the UFC so far. She's against Montana De La Rosa um, in a flyweight bout there. Um, and of course, we have Nathaniel Wood against John Dodson on the prelims. What is wrong with you people? Why yeah. do you even think about this shit? That that should be main card all day long. That's a ridiculously high level fight. It is. It's class. It's uh, unbelievable. And you know, what are we saying? What's not? What's Nathaniel at the moment? Ninth, tenth, eleventh, somewhere along those lines. In, in terms of the rankings, in the UFC. I don't know. He hasn't fought for a year, like so. I don't know if he's. Has he gone into the rankings? I think he's in the rankings. Are you yeah. just spouting nonsense? No, I'm not. No, not at all. I think he is in the rankings. Um, John Dodson's obviously a guy who's fought for fucking flyweight titles. I know this is a bantamweight, but uh, what a test! You know, win here for Nathaniel Wood is you're right up looking at uh, at the top few. Nathaniel Wood not in the rankings. Uh, John Dodson is number thirteen, though. So I mean, he's he's gonna be knocking on the door after this. You'd imagine Marlon Vera sitting at fourteen there. A man who uh, Nathaniel has been um, yeah. requesting for quite a long time. Yeah, that's, um, that's interesting. But do you, like, I mean, we're, we're going to hear from Nathaniel in a few minutes. Um, we had a great chat with him there. He's been in Rio Rancho for a week or so already. Do you feel as though this this can be the one that catapults him into those big fights? Or this is already a big fight, let's be honest. But will this be the kind of fight that will allow him to get a fight against Vera? Like, yeah. to get these fights against... I can even remember he suggested Cody Garbrandt once, maybe. Like they, those fights would be absolutely ridiculous. Like I could watch the shit out of that. Yeah, hundred percent. Like John Dodson, as I said, there is a guy who's done it all. Yeah, he's you know he's done it all. Um, you know maybe he's not on the best form, and he's dropped like four of his last six fights. Obviously, Peter Yan uh, went you know the distance with Peter Yan and Jimmy Rivera. Like they're two fucking bloody animals. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Rivera and obviously Peter Yan. He's going to be a world champion in probably in the next two years mm, at some point. <laughs> but like that's what I mean. Like when you're beating, you're you're getting to go over a guy like this. Um, that's going to fucking blast you right up there into contention in this division. He'll jump up to top five if, if he wins this fight. Well, maybe not top five. He's after a finish because Dodson's never been finished. He's like, if I finish him, they have to give me a top ten. I agree. Oh, yeah, 100%. If he finishes him, yeah, without doubt. But the problem with getting Dodson, man, he's just like a little fucking flea in there. He's just so Unbelievable, quick. man. Yeah, he's very he's acrobatic. so fast and, and he's so hard to get after, so hard to catch. Um, as you said, he's never been finished. Obvious reasons why, because you can't get after the fucker. He's he's he, he's like that annoying kid in school. And I think we've seen that in the gym with him and John Jones, always fecking yeah, yeah. and Ar- Andrea Arlovsky as well. Yeah. So yeah, listen, a win over him and a finish over him would be an absolute bloody statement from uh, Nathaniel Wood. And listen, from what we've seen from Nathaniel and what we know the ability he has, I would not be surprised because he's that good and he's that young. And I'm a year out as well, man. I'm a, a, how much has he improved in that fucking year, this yeah, guy? Yeah, I can't you know wait I mean? to see it, man. Um, just uh, looking at the card here, anything else that jumps out to you for yes. me straight away? Yancy Medeiros oh, and Lando easily. Bonata. Easily. Ooh. That's a war. Someone's getting finished there. Or it's going to be one of those fights where we're looking at a fight of the night. Two lads bloody and beaten um, after three rounds of absolutely knocking um, ten shades of shit out of each other. It's one of those fights. And also, I like, uh, you know, Jim Miller, a guy who's, you know, mm, getting on a little bit as well. And, and, you know, I love Jim, always enjoyed his fights. That's a really, really good scrap uh, against uh, Scott Hulsman, who's never in really a bad fight, always in exciting fights. And that's one of those fights, like Medeiros. And 
um, Lano Vanada that could be two guys standing there absolutely out in their feet at the end of the fight. So they're definitely um, the other fights I think we should watch out for. And, you know, Macy Chaston as well uh, against Nico Montana, two ladies who did very, very well um, in that uh, Ultimate Fighter You mean um, former series. Flyweight champion. Former flyweight champion, um, Nico Montana. Well, you ruined me a little bit there. I was going to ask you, are you looking forward to the former world champion that's fighting on the card, hoping that you wouldn't realise. But uh, you ruined that for me. So let's get on to Nathaniel Wood. Well, that's what I am. I'm a rude person. Prick. Um, (laughs) Nathaniel Wood, a pleasure to speak to Nathaniel. I can't wait to see him back in there, man. I can't believe it's been fucking 11 months since we saw him last. That's crazy. Was that London? Yeah, Yeah, it must be. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Jesus Christ. But look, he, he has the juice now. I was even asking him about this, like... Katie Hunter did an interview with uh, Sean O'Malley the other day. He's talking away about, uh, yeah. you know, Nathaniel. Nathaniel thinks he doesn't want any of that, to be I honest. Heard, he yeah, was saying, um, look, there's a lot ahead of this guy. I'm, I'm actually pissed off he's not on the London card, to be honest. I've said it enough. I'm trying not to say it again, but I do say it in this interview. I apologize. Here's Nathaniel Wood. We'll see you in about 15. And once again, we are joined by the former Cage Warriors bantamweight champion, currently 3-0 and in the UFC and making his return, would you believe? I cannot believe this stat. After nearly 11 months on the sideline, it is Nathaniel Wood, the prospect himself. Nathaniel, how are you, sir? It's been a long time. I'm very good, mate. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's been a long time, but I'm buzzing to get back in there. Obviously, this week sucks a little bit, as always, with the weight cut and stuff. But, mate, I'm buzzing. You know, I'm getting to go against John Dodson, who's, you know, I don't even need to introduce him. Um Yes, and you know this. This I feel like it's my fight to uh, put my name on the on the map. Has it been a difficult year? Like a guy like you, I know how intensely you train, how how much you you have put your whole life towards this this career. I mean, for you to be out for a whole like nearly a whole year, it, has that been a trying time for you? Um, it has been tough. Obviously, after my last fight, I went traveling with my. Uh, my missus, I went away with her for six weeks, um, which was nice. You know, I feel like I needed a little bit of time off, a little break. Um, even though every day I was pretty much thinking about training. Um, <laughs> you know, it was nice to just to just switch off. I came back, felt amazing. You know, I got in shape. I was looking for a fight and then got injured. You know, obviously broke my arm and stuff, which put me out. And that was a real pain in the ass. you know, being kind of forced to not train. Um you know, literally a week after I was in the gym with my cast and I was just working head movement and my leg kicks and jabs and basically anything that I could do um, because I'm just, you know, in a way I'm addicted to training. Yeah. Um, but that forcing me out of training in a way has kind of, you know, it's made me realise how much I actually love the sport and it's given me that little, another little kickstart, if you know what I mean, um, to appreciate what I've actually what I've actually got. So, you know, training for this fight has been enjoyable. It's been a grind as well, but I've enjoyed every minute. And, you know, come Saturday night, I'm going to get to show that. Yeah, and I mean, I, I know you've gone out early, right? Like, you've, you've been in Rio Rancho for a while now, or at least in the US for a while now. Is that just to get yourself acclimatized? Yeah, mate, obviously this fight's at high altitude. He lives here. So, you know, I don't want him having that advantage. So, you know, I invest. I invested in a altitude machine back at home, so I just wanted to start getting used to it. I've come out here now a little bit earlier to acclimatise, and you know, I'm feeling good. Um, I'm feeling great. I feel like I've got used to it. The first couple of days, a little bit. I think you know, you kind of feel like you got a bit of a dry, dry throat. The the altitude, the first couple of days, was I felt like it was a little bit dry, but you know, now I'm feeling feeling switched on and ready to go. 
And I mean, have the New Mexican people been um, good to you or do you feel like people are spitting in your burgers over there? Tell us how that feels. Hard, mate. Obviously, no burgers for me, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, no, the people over here have been, been amazing, mate. I feel like they're on my side. Um, wow. You know, I haven't, I haven't met loads of people out here, but all the, all the Uber drivers that I've been having, everyone at the hotel, you know, I'd like to think they're, uh, they're on my side. They're really nice people out here. So, you know... Um, if they want to boo me in the crowd, so be it. If they want to cheer me, great. But, you know, regardless, I'm going to be bringing my end game. You see, you have been that guy. You've been the hometown hero so many times. I can't uh, I can't even count how many times we've seen you in London getting that raucous support. And, um, you know, you've been on the other side of the coin, certainly. But, I mean, is there anything that can prepare you for that, do you feel? Like, you know, going out in front of a crowd in, in Albuquerque where this guy, I mean, sorry, in New Mexico where this guy is, is well-known and, and a well-known commodity from the region? Um, if I'm honest, it doesn't bother me. Um, if they boo, it will be an atmosphere. So regardless of whether they're cheers they're be- they're, or boos, it's an atmosphere in there. Um, I get the tunnel vision, you know, so come, come fight night, it's only going to be me and John Dodson that are going to go at it, so... It doesn't matter what the crowd do for me. You know, I'm still going to turn up as the same fighter as I always do. Um, it's just nice, obviously, to get some cheers. And if I don't get cheers going into the fight, you know, I believe that I'll have them cheering me at the end of it. Yeah, I mean, like a guy like Dodson, as you said at the start of the show, everybody knows this guy. He, he's been there, thereabouts. He's fought for titles. And, and look, we've seen guys take huge leaps in their career after going in there and being successful against him. What, what do you feel like this does for you, Nathaniel? Like, I mean, you, you know the game better than anyone. Well, this is huge for me. Obviously, I only want to fight guys that have something for me to gain from. Mm. Obviously, I could sit there and fight just nobodies. and It's not really going to push my career anywhere. So, you know, I wanted to be in there with the best in the world, prove prove my worth. You know, I believe that I'm one of the best in the world. So, you know, obviously going against Dodson, that's great. He's ranked higher than me. He's He's got better. He, he's got a better CV than me. So, you know, if I can beat him, then... Where does that put me? If I can finish him, you know, I believe that I can I can fight anyone there is in that top ten because he's never been finished. He's been in there with the best. Um, you know, he's lost to the best, but no one's actually put him out. So if I can go in there, knock him out, or whether it be a submission or TKO, then you know, I, I think that I'm not far off a title shot. You know, uh, by the way you said that, I, I feel like you are quite confident that you can get a stoppage at the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I'm always, I train hard. You know, I train with, I believe, the best people I could possibly be training with in the UK. Um, And I know that MMA, a lot of it comes down to who turns up on the night. You know, it can kind of be a flip of a coin. So, you know, I go in there, I enjoy it. I don't don't really have a game plan as much. But, you know, out of my 16 wins, I've got 14 finishes. So I'm always going in there confident that I'm going to get the finish. I was wondering if you saw a recent interview on um, MMA UK with uh, Katie Hunter. It was uh, Sean O'Malley, and he was, you know, very respectfully he was speaking about you, and he was kind of saying you are on his radar, and he thinks it's inevitable that you two guys fight in the future. I'm just asking because, obviously, you you said, you know, you want to fight guys with big names. O'Malley's a guy who came into the UFC similarly to you with a huge name from the U.S., you, of course, from Europe and, and the UK. Do, does that make sense to you in the future? Does does that is that an appealing fight for you? Um, for me, it's an appealing fight in the sense that he's obviously got a big following. Mm. Um, but I, you know, I nothing but respect to the guy. I'm not going to badmouth him or anything like that. But just me talking facts, he's not on my level. You know, I'm 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 supposed to be in the top ten now. 
I believe. Um, obviously, I've been out for a year, so I, I think that if I wasn't out for a year, that I'd be close to a title shot now. But so be it. Shit happens. Um, he's fighting the guy that I beat almost a year ago, mm. so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. But you know, I can just tell from the interview he doesn't want to fight me. Um, you know, I'm not bothered. I'm not. I'm not calling him out or anything. Uh, but you know, he was obviously saying to Katie, "Oh no, we're both we're both prospects. It makes sense to build us up." And yeah, if you look at it like that, but from a fighter's perspective, I just I fight anyone who the UFC give me. You know, I want the top the guys that are ranked above me. But if Sean Shelby come up to me and said, "I want you to fight a guy who's ranked a lot below you," so be it. I fight whoever the UFC give me. I'll never turn a name down. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I, I 100% don't think, I, I know that he does not want to fight me. You know, he's just, uh, he obviously got asked the question and, you know, he wanted to come up with an excuse as far as I'm concerned. Right, right. But I know if there was one fight that everybody was, like, really getting behind for you, it was obviously the Cheeto Vera fight. You've, 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 you've gone out and you've said, just send me the contract, I'll sign it. I know you you have gone out of another your way. Another guy that doesn't want to fight me. <laughs> I mean, what, what is the story? Another guy doesn't want to fight me. What is the story with him calling hey, out Brett Johns now? I'm like, no, that's he, the wrong guy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I said the other day that in my eyes, he's calling out everyone but me. You know, he's trying to get anyone he can. He said the other day to Andre Yule, I think, on Twitter, I saw that, he, he would give him a rematch. Why? Why would you give Andre your rematch? Do you know what I mean? Um, he said he, he spoke all this shit about me. And, you know, to me, he just fought a guy that I fought over a year ago who I smashed within in the distance. And, you know, to me, Andre was was getting him in the first. Um, yes. So, yeah, you know, now he's calling out Brett Johns. Why are you calling out Brett Johns? You know, I'm, I've said that I'm game to fight. I said to him that I'm game to fight on the London card. And... You know, I don't obviously know if the UFC would have it, but why not come to London and be a potentially on the main card or co-main event or something? And, you know, with me coming off a, a fight with John Dodson, that makes sense. But, you know, I guess he doesn't want it. It must be like, I, I nearly didn't even want to ask you that because, I mean, I nearly ask you to you every time. And it's like, at this stage, you've said everything you possibly can to make it happen, right? Like, you know, it's it's like, yeah, mate, if the ball is completely in his court. So it comes down to fighting. Yes. So. Um, you, you brought it up there as well, Nathaniel. Like, I cannot wait for you to fight on a UFC London card. I mean, you are so synonymous with London to me. I, I think of you nearly immediately when I think of London. Um, and, and it feels like, like you've mentioned it there that you would fight him in there. But, like, I mean, they've booked you so close to that card. Is It, it feels like there's no way in blue hell that you can make a fight on that card. But if it could happen, would you do it? Oh, 100%. If, provided I come out with no, as I call them, winner's injuries, um, <laughs> I'm going to get on the mic and I'm going to say, Dana, please put me on that London card. Um, you know, I'd rather not fight five weeks after a fight usually. But for London, mate, 100%. You know, I could come out, I keep my weight low, I'll already be fit as anything. So it's not hard to just maintain that. You know, I'd rather that and be fighting again five weeks after than them saying nine weeks after, you know, because I'll come out and I might want to eat a bit and binge, then I'll put a bit of weight on and I have to juggle around. Whereas, you know, five weeks after, I'll come out, I'll carry on as exactly how I've been doing for the past 10 weeks. And, yeah, you know, get to get to fight in my hometown again, which is always a dream. Does it is it hard for you, like, when you're not on that card and you have to watch it? Like, you know, I'm sure it's like, you know, what the hell? You know, like, what, because, you're, as I said, you're one of the, the most up-and-coming guys from England. Like, everybody's talking about you it, around Europe, never mind in the UK. Does it hurt when they're doing a hometown card and you're not on it? It is a bit frustrating, you know, um, but I'm not, I'm not 
too upset by it. You know, obviously, I know UFC have got to match people. John Dodson, I'm fighting in his hometown. You know, mm. if they put everyone in their hometown, I guess there would never be many fights getting matched. So, <laughs> you know, so be it. The UFC want me fighting Dodson in his hometown. I'll do that. But, you know, I'd like to still fight on that London card. And fingers crossed, if I uh, get a good win this week and no injuries, you know, they'll give it to me. Finally, uh, Nathaniel, you know, we talked about the stoppage, etc. earlier on. Uh, is there one thing in your head that keeps playing out how this fight will go with you and Dodson? Um, yeah, I, I feel like usually he's a runner, but I feel like with him being in his hometown, you know, he's going to get um, overconfident. He's going to come forward and, and try and give it to me, which which I think I'm just going to catch him. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of going in my head of a second round TKO. Um, but if I can get it done in one, then perfect. And we're not going to be seeing Nathaniel Wood, the submission specialist, this weekend. You reckon it's going to be it's going to be the vintage puncher? I'd like to think the the, the, the knockout, but you know, um, after a couple of minutes, he might be diving for a takedown. So <laughs> you know, if a submission's there, hundred percent, I'll take it. I'd like to get a fifty G's bonus again. Um, yeah, because I'm running out of money. <laughs> <laughs> Nathaniel, thanks so much, man. You're a gentleman. I can't wait to see you back in there, mate. Oh, you're welcome, and appreciate the call, mate, as always. All the best, sir. Cheers, mate. Speak right. to you soon. And from one former Cage Warriors champion to another, we caught up with Ross Houston ahead of a huge week of headlines for him uh, following his release from Cage Warriors and the vacation of his Cage Warriors welterweight title. It seems Ross is a flush with options, which we'd probably expect from any kind of Cage Warriors champion that becomes a free agent, but um, undefeated. His last fight was one of the fights of the year. I'd say it's a pretty good time to be Ross Houston. Uh, let's have a word with Ross. We'll be back again in uh, about 10 minutes or so. Love his lows. And now I'm joined by one of the most talked about fighters in all of Europe. A former Cage Warriors champion, Ross Houston, who recently was released by the promotion and has vacated his title. He is one of the most talked about free agents in international MMA at the moment, Ross. How are you, first of all? It's been a long, long time. All the way since June of last year, I believe, when you fought Nicholas Dalby is the last time I talked to you. So it's a pleasure to speak to you again, my friend. Yes, bro, man. Good to speak to you as well, man. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm free. And, um, uh, you know, I, I feel good about the future, man. Got some big things planned. That reaction was crazy, man. Like, I mean, I, I expected you to get a big reaction um, with an announcement like that. But even that bowled me over. Like, I mean, it felt like everybody was completely switched onto that story. Did that surprise you? Uh, yeah, to be honest, um, I knew there would be a bit of a build-up because obviously I was being quite vague with my answers when people were asking what was next for me, you know, so yeah. I couldn't really uh, go into it too much. Um, people were kind of scratching their heads, maybe wondering why I hadn't fought in a while. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it, was, it was a bit of a weight off my shoulders, to be honest, to get out in, out in the open and um, I, I'm, I'm glad and I'm just feeling optimistic about the future. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just glad to be able to tell my fans, you know, that what's happening that uh, they were, we're moving forward with things because uh, obviously these guys have supported me since the start and throughout my career so uh, I want to I want to repay them with some more good scraps amazing um, it, can you explain to us what happened what, what prompted your decision to leave Cage Warriors uh, like a lot of people um, you know felt as though if you won one more fight you, you'd be straight into the UFC was there was there a reason that you decided to leave at this point or decide to part ways with the promotion um, not really you know I, I'd like to go into more detail but I'm just going to have to stick by the uh, 
but a statement made by my manager, you know, we um, we came to a, a mutual agreement and um, left on, I think it was amicable terms. So, um, yeah, man, we're moving forward and, uh, you know, I'm just going to concentrate on the future and achieve uh, what I have in the past and I'm feeling better than ever, man. I'm more hungry than ever, so bring on these top well away from the whole planet. Let's go. Yes, yes, I understand that there has been NDA assigned there to sort of legally... We Ross can't get into that as far as I know, but but like speaking about the future, because there is a huge future ahead of you here. And as um, your manager Kadu said in his statement, um, when this uh, this announcement first came out, he said there was already three potential suitors trying to get your signature. Has has anything been signed, sealed, and delivered yet, Ross? I mean, or are we still in the negotiation period? Are you still hearing all these offers pouring through? And is it still just three people, or is there even more now? I think I think there might be more to be honest. Yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's a it's a cool feeling. You know what? It, you know it's cool because uh, obviously all these all them years back, I started MMA just as a bit of a, a hobby and all that. And it's just kind of over the over the fights, uh, each fight that's gone on over the years. It's kind of a you know it's kind of spiraled and it's got bigger and bigger. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing these promotions that are after me. Like, you know, we've got big promotions in America, in Asia and Europe and all that uh, after us man so uh, you know the hitman's going in and we've got some uh, big targets in our site is, is that is that what this is about for you? Like, are you going to try and establish yourself as an international mainstay? Like, you know, um, even as we saw Brendan Lochnane recently going across and, and fighting for PFL. I'm not saying you're going to sign for the PFL or anything, but is that what you're trying to do? Like, pay, basically put yourself on, on the international map, so to speak? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I think, like, um, I, I want you guys always like to be... Um, uh, setting a challenge for myself setting a new goal setting new goals you know I'm not content with where, where I am at the moment you know I've obviously got this world title under my belt and now I'm looking at uh, uh, the, ne- the next chapter and, and, and looking at some massive promotions and I've got my, my eyes set on these these titles you know I want to uh, feel like I've established myself uh, in my eyes in the best world away in Europe just now and, uh, I'm looking to uh, looking at these big names on the international scene and um that's the guys that I want, man. I don't want to kind of just be a you know mid tier fighter, you know, getting paid a bit of money. Um, I want to be known as you know, the top top international welterweight out there, you know, and uh, you know bit by bit I'll, um, and scalp by scalp I'll make my way up there. Yeah, so it's definitely a, a you know it's definitely I'm I'm always just like striving to uh, get to that next level, you know. I'm not content with where I am right now, and um, there's going to be bigger and better things to come. I'm in my prime. I'm I'm hungry. I'm motivated. I've got the fire in my belly again, and uh, you know I'm, I'm just ready to go. When I think about uh, Black Panther Sports, I immediately think of Aaron Chalmers. I think of Fabian Edwards, two huge names, maybe the two biggest names um, that have come along with this uh, Bellator European series. Um, I, I, like, I know that isn't all of uh, what Black Panther does. I know they have many relationships across many different promotions, but it always just seemed to me that the relationship with Bellator was a very strong one. Could that suggest that um, that could be the next port of call for you, or, or are the options still very open? Uh, the options are open, yeah, I'm not... Um... I'm not. I haven't made my mind up about anything. To be honest, I am. It, it's just gonna. It will just. I'll just kind of, kind of like I said, consider 
what the opponents the opponents that have been offered to me and the kind of like a stage that they're able to put put me on you know so it's it's not it's not a final it's not gonna be a financial decision you know i'm looking to uh be, be put on the main events against the big names and uh show show what i'm capable of uh and you know just you know i, I like to take gambles and all that you know i would quite happily take fights with like some of the biggest names on the planet you know if someone offered me talk about bellator if someone offered me like i don't know if i got offered like the you know, someone like MVP, a big name, I'd take that fight in a heartbeat and I know I'd smash him, you know, because I'm not a taxi driver or a milkman, you know, so if that name got given to me, I'd take it, you know. Even if Douglas Lima got given to me, you know, I've got I've two types of people, kind of like, save, save your training in the gym and, I don't know, for, for our, you know, say bloody uh, Floyd Mayweather walks in the gym. I mean, there's two types of people. One type of person would kind of avoid training or sparring with that person because, they don't want to get exposed, you know. It's kind of like when you got these these, these phony black belts in jiu-jitsu, right? And they, they they don't roll with anyone because they don't want to get exposed. And they, but then you've got these these hungry people who try to, you know, uh, roll or compete with these top people, you know, because it's kind of like oh, I want to test myself, I want to see where I'm at, I want to test my character, you know. And that's exactly the same place. I want to, I want these big names. I'm not scared of anyone, and uh, I'm confident in my skills and my mindset. So I'm. I'm literally looking for the biggest names that can be given to me, and whether people think, oh, you know, oh, he's got no chance to get this guy, or that guy, man, I don't care, man, because I know I'm going to beat him, and it, that's all that matters, you know, because it's just me against this other person on the cage. Man, you are making me so excited about a fight <laughs> with you and MVP. I, I don't want to get too excited because we don't know where your next port of call is, but my word, um, that would be amazing, my friend. Yeah, we, we can, if, you know, if that name gets put to me, man, we can make that happen. We can make that happen, you know. I've got a world title under, under my belt, you know, so you can, you can, all these people, you know, saying that you can't beat legitimate opponents, let, let, here's a chance, man, put in, in there against me, man. If, if, the, if it's the right offer and the right deal and, uh, you know, we've got the right kind of contract, you know, like I said, I don't mind if we've got anything, we've got several offers and, uh, you know, I, I like the Asian scene as well, man. You know, one FC are doing class things over there and it, it seems so fresh, you know, and uh, I've heard nothing but good things about the promotion, looking after the fighters and, uh, you know, so far, I've, I've loved my experiences so far and I've, uh, I've found places like, you know, Cardiff, Newport and I love the Welsh guys, you know, I've made a lot of uh, and Liverpool and London, man. But it'd be quite cool to fight over in Asia. I'm gonna get a bit cloudy out of it as well. You know, a bit of sunshine whilst I'm getting hit in the head. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, w- I was wondering, how did you feel about um, you know, shortly after the announcement of your release, uh, Cage Warriors released um, uh, a press. They put out a press release saying that Reese McKee would fight for your old title in Belfast. Do you think that's a good choice? Do you think Reese uh, Reese uh, deserves a shot at that title? Um. Yeah, well, yeah I, I I think so. Um, I think Reese McKean Adam Proctor. I'm not sure. I don't know if it's been announced yet, but I, I could see that fight happening. That's I think a great they're fight. They're the two yeah. top guys just now, um, and they're both they're both cool guys. Um, so I'm happy for Reese to be honest. Um, you know, I bumped I bumped into him a few times. I spoke to him a few times. He's a, he's a cool dude, man, and he's young, man. That dude's a beast. You know, so he's, a, he's got a bright future. As is as is Adam Proctor as well. You know, he's uh, I've trained with Adam. He's a, he's an absolute savage as well. Um, so them two have got uh, them two guys have got uh, bright futures and I don't know what's happening uh, and who uh, Reese is fighting but uh, yeah I wish them guys the best you know I've got I've got I've got no uh, no bad feelings about my past I've got 
I've had some good experiences uh, in, in the past promotions, and um, they've put me on the platform I am today, so let's move forward. A final one, Ross, and I'm very interested. I'm very excited to see how this develops and where you go, but I'm just wondering... Because of Cage Warriors' relationship with the UFC and so many fighters have gone directly from Cage Warriors to UFC, if you get to the end of your career and you have never fought in the UFC, do you think you will regret this decision uh, of leaving Cage Warriors at this time? Um, you know what, no, I've, made my, I've made my decision and I'll stand by it. And I'll never fight in the UFC at some point, you know. Uh, I'm just... I'm just uh, I mean, I've just taken a different route, you know. I think um, fighting's fighting at the end of the day. Uh, whether a fight, you know, in ABC or KFC, man, as long as I'm beating these good guys and continuing to beat these good guys, man, uh, the big promotions uh, I've got a notice, you know. Um, so um, I'll continue to scout out the biggest names and take out the biggest scalps. And um, I can only play the cards I'm dealt, to be honest, Pete. So the UFC offer wasn't there. For me, and you know, I, I've uh, I've made my decision, and I'm working from there. You know, I'm a I I'm just a normal guy, you know, and um, I'm I just want to keep active. And like I said, my main decision is uh, looking to fight these bigger names. You know, so I fought Dalby in my last fight, so I want to fight a bigger name than Dalby, or I'm, at least on par. You know, and uh, I'd work from there. Man. So you know, I, I, I would. There would be a bit of resentment, um, not resentment, that's the wrong word. Regret. There would be a bit of re- regret, <laughs> not that resentment, uh, a bit of regret if I if I did in the UFC, but um, I'm living my life, man, so whatever, I'll, I'll deal with things as they come, you know, you only live once. Ross, just just have some fun, man, so let's go. Absolutely, man, and thank you so much for doing this, Ross. I'm buzzing for you. I can't wait to see what's next. Um, I really like that MVP fight. That was a very good pitch you made just there. So, uh, hopefully, Scott Coker or one of the lads is listening to this and they can put that together for us. Yeah, man, for sure. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm ready, um, and uh, I think I, I think I'd do that guy. Well, let's let's change that. I know I'd do that guy, man. Ross, thank you so much. I will speak to you soon, and I await the news with bated breath, my friend. Well, um, great to hear from Ross Houston there. Um, I have a feeling we're going to be hearing about something for him very, yeah. very soon by the way he's talking. I want that MVP fight, man. Yeah? Well, I mean, like, he's right. You know, everyone's like, oh, uh, this guy fights nobody. Ross was going to be signed, like, he was on the verge, as we know, knocking on the door of the UFC. If his first fight out of, out of Cage Warriors is against MVP... In London, that is huge. That is absolutely um, a massive, massive fight for him. Yeah, Bellator, I'd, I'd be surprised if they did that. Yeah, I mean, they'd be just, yeah, because they'd be getting rid of one of the draws nearly immediately if they yeah. were to sign him. You're full of beans, Noel. No, no <laughs> <laughs> I am. It's just getting late, but uh, no, uh, yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting what, what Houston does. Yeah, like, that's probably the obvious move would be to go to, to Bellator fighting championships. Well, especially with his management. With exactly. Baby and Aaron, you know, a lot of other guys as well signed there. They have but good I just, links. I just don't like that fight straight off the bat. And I admire what he wants to do, go in there and have those big fights. But in terms of what Bellator do and, and, and what we've traditionally seen them do, you know, Michael Venom Page is a good example of that. You know, get a good bill behind you before they start eventually testing you out against them, um, you know, high-level opposition and, and, and guys that um, would be a, a good matchup for the fans. Do you know what I want? I'll tell you what I want. What I really, really want. 
Siga Siga. Roberto Saldic v Ross Houston. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly sort of similar um, sort, oh. of, sort, of, sort of billing as MVP that we're not going to see a fight like that because... Why wouldn't you see? KSW will throw you in the, <laughs> the fucking blender. No, I don't think, yeah, I just don't think he's going to go to KSW. I'd be surprised if he, he said does. It's a possibility. Yeah, I'd say Bellator is probably the most realistic possibility. Yeah, I think it probably. I, oh, I don't know. Like, I mean, there's a there's a few whispers going around mm. that there's a a one Asian promotion. Yeah, very yeah, one, one one championship of first. What? Sorry, you? Yeah. I was saying there's a there's oh. one Asian promotion. Oh, right. Okay, sorry. I didn't mention any. Oh, okay. Don't All be right. throwing that out there. But um, how was your week anyway? Yeah, busy. Like, yeah, I didn't get, I didn't step to the for the fight. First time in a long time, I, I haven't stayed up. Um, John Jones fight. No, I actually went to bed because I was, I was up early. Uh, I was up early on Sunday. I was in late. I was knackered, um, and it was a quiet weekend. I had a couple of points like, on Friday. Literally like four. Nothing uh, worked in all weekend. Then I got home late last night and um, watched the fights. Then so lovely jubbly yeah it was a shit weekend I'm not going to lie to you it wasn't great now I'm dying for a few points I went down to Scaries uh, to my cousin Tom's 21st happy birthday Tom great to see all the family down there down there yeah I guess I don't know no Oop. I don't know but um, yeah knackered after all these interviews Jesus I am dying from yeah we've had a busy day the pair of us gone back and forth almighty, since, yeah. since 2 o'clock today uh, earlier even yeah Um. so yeah listen no that was good Ireland won the rugby amazing performance yeah that was insane. Yeah, was that, so we're yeah. going for a triple. <laughs> we're going for the triple crown against. Why do they the make up names of things that aren't actually things? They are. Do they have a oh, trophy the for the triple crown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Triple but why crown. is that a thing within a thing? Because it's between. It's fought out between the. Wouldn't that be funny if, like, halfway through the Premier League, they gave someone a trophy, like, and they were like, "Well done." You're well, the they do that in like Brazil and stuff like that. You're the midway champions. Well, they do that in Brazil and stuff. Rugby in, in, in is soccer. an awful sport. It's not an awful sport. It's a ridiculous game. Nah, it's not for wealthy clowns. It was uh, on steroids. Drugby. That's Jesus what I call Christ, it. that's very deflammatory. Yeah. Well, there you are. Um, right. But no, it was good. Good weekends. Um, I'm looking forward to just getting drunk. <laughs> just, just. Listen, that's when. all. I, that's I, all we've got. I, the, we've got I, the. I'm not going to tonight now. But fucking hell, my look at my mouth. It's like it's a watering for a point of Guinness. You probably hear it in my voice. Ireland's fucked as well. By the way, um, the countries. Countries, nothing's going to change. It's probably going to be war again. Nah, I don't know. It's just Jesus. Well, there you go. That's yeah. a Southside Dublin man view on Sinn Féin having a good No, it's election. not. It's nothing to do with Sinn Féin. to say it's the just No, Southside. you know what's going to happen to war? Just I'm going to take over the country. There's going to be a military coup from you. Niall McGrath. A one-man band. Right. We've go. definitely had enough podcasting for today. Yeah. But, uh, We're going insane. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Uh, if we can keep this four guests stuff up, we'll try... But it's oh, fucking, it's draining us. We've, we've a good guest lined up for next week. Oh. Hey, go on. I have to go. I'm going to fall asleep in this chair. Love is loads. Mwah. Thanks to our lovely guests, Valentina Shevchenko. European. Dublin's. <laughs> Liam McCourt. Ross Houston and Nathaniel Wood. We love his loads. It's not for casuals. Get Don't be a studio. fucking casual. Go home, Carl. Mwah. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? 
Smart Water Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.